It's Friday, August 14th, 2020, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 281. Hey, it's Miami over here. Runtime for this episode is 1 hour and 22 minutes. and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that thinks cocaine is a sometimes drug. My name is Jeremy. Lasagna, I guess? I don't know. I'm Tyler. <laughs> That's what I got today. <laughs> My name is Zach. Now I'm just the Garfield of the podcast. Not even the Garfield, the deals warlock <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> it's me, Garfield, the lasagna cat, the regular one. This is what he sounds like. <laughs> we played GTA Vice City this week. So, well, hey, I'm Italian over here. I was going to say, I guess we're in Jersey, but we're not. It's definitely Vice City, which is definitely Miami. Yeah. It just feels a lot like Jersey, I guess. Why is there not a Startskin Hutch chasing you this game? Why does, does not every GTA have a Zenigata character who is your rival on your ass the entire time? That actually sounds like it would be a great game because mechanic. GTA is far too serious business for stuff like that. Uh, it's far too serious business to have a, send a cop after you? Where is... Send a specific cop after you. Where is then my... you couldn't kill him. Uh, well, what if he just goes to the hospital like you do? And then he just, like, he just loses all of his money. I do like the idea of, like, a nemesis-type character, only that would just be kinda, a regular cop. That would be kind of cool. And you just get notified about his medical bills, and how he's lost his wife and his house trying to chase you, and that's your satisfaction. I kind of want to have, like, a free-roaming loop on the third game now. Oh, that I wanted that. This. Not all my life, but... Like, you can just, like, find buildings and plan heists, but you have to be careful while wandering around because there might be a Zenigata. Obviously, if you're good at the game, you use the Zenigata as part of your heist. Exactly, yes. <laughs> really, we're just talking about Hitman, but with a Zenigata? <laughs> you don't kill a ton of people with Lupin? Okay, I guess he has true. other people do that for him, but they're also yeah, usually yeah, pretty good at that. That's what he has Jigen and Goyamon for. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, if you want a heist game, you can just play Payday. Yeah, it's that's exactly diff- the same. It's exactly the same. It's perfect. Exactly you plan your heist ahead of time. You plant some packages and stuff, and then you mess up the heist, and then you just shoot everything, just like Lupin. Just right, like we're, Hitman. We're going in very quietly. That's why whenever we did the uh, the big bank heist, we sent in three guys going full stealth and one dude in full tank armor. <laughs> Who, who's Good day, job? citizen. <laughs> that guy's that job. Like Lupin the third to me. Yep, that guy's job is to operate the crane when everyone else inevitably screws up. It's not a matter of like, if they screw up, it's a matter of when. Because the further you can get without screwing up, the easier it is. Yeah, I, I just remember, like, we tried doing it full stealth, kept screwing up, and so eventually the plan became, okay, someone is going to take the full tank bruiser build, and it's probably going to be Zack because he's terrible at stealth. He's going to slowly get his way up to the roof. That way, when everybody else cocks up, he's got the armor to tank the sniper hits. What have you been playing, Tank? Not Payday 2. Um, I don't actually have enough space on my hard drive. For it's that right so now. It's, big. Why is it so big? It's huge. A mess. Completely. It's huge. Sprawling. It's, like, it's 90 still, gigabytes it's somehow. It's still kind of a fun game. I just one of those games that I haven't really ever gone back to, in part because the coding is so bad. I have it, hard drives that wouldn't fit on. <laughs> it would take days to download the whole thing. Because I remember sometimes getting patches, and it's like, here's a patch that has 5 kilobytes in it. It's just a name change for something. Three hours later, we finished. What the hell were you doing? But I wasn't playing that. I, I uh, got on kind of a 
Recently, I got a uh, Digimon kick, so I've been playing Hacker's Memory. Oh, interesting. Did you ever finish Hacker's Memory? I did. I, I did okay. finish Hacker's Memory. I thought about starting the new game plus. I'm going to actually have a new game plus save. In part, I need to kind of do that because there are a couple of Digimon you need to complete, like, the Digipokedex thing that you can only summon after you've beaten the game. What do they are call they? the Digipokedex thing? I think it's, it's the Digipedia? The, in this one, I think they just call it the Field Guide. Okay. Uh, that's, the, like, the option on the menu. I've played a bunch of that. We all played Valorant. Oh, man, I forgot. We, we haven't talked about that since we recorded it, huh? Be- before we get to that, if you're still on a Digimon kick, would you like to uh, borrow the original Cyber's New Story? If not, it's fine. I just, I have it. I can offer it to you. Maybe the only problem is, like, I want to finish Hacker's Memory again. Gotcha. Okay. Because I'm already, like, 20-odd hours in. And then you might be done with Digimon by the and time you finish it. And I might be done it. with that kick. Um, I might put it on my wish list on Steam. Because you can get both of them on Steam at this point. So I might put it on my wish list, so if it goes on a pretty deep discount... Can't you only get them as a duo package, though? Yeah, but I mean, I mean like, the no, last time I... Deal. Yeah, I think they were going for, like, 20 bucks total. www.patreon.com slash lastpodcast. If we get to a very high number that you cannot afford, listener, I'll make Tyler play all of both of those games. Yeah, I'm not fundamentally opposed to that. So I've played a lot of that. We played a bunch of WoW. We're cruising around on Goro Crater and killing dinosaurs. It's true. We did play Valorant. If we, I didn't want to not talk about no, that. I I'll, to I'll get back to Valorant one. here in a minute when we actually get a little bit farther in because I have some other things I've been doing. Okay. Although now that I say that, I, I've played a lot of mobile game. I also play a lot of mobile game, but different mobile game. And then I watched all of High School Fleet and cursed at Anaplex again. That's a lot of, that is a fun series. I wouldn't necessarily... High School Fleet? Yes. Okay. It is all about a bunch of high school girls crewing a destroyer as part of their high school curriculum. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's kind of like the tank one, except... Except it's not like a contest. They're specifically training to join was effectively the Coast Guard. So they put you know all how the these... Coast Guard has battleships? <laughs> yes, so they put all these high school kids yes. on World War II era ships to train them for the modern Coast Guard. Sounds like an anime to me. Uh, well, I mean, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a battleship. So. Sunday we were playing, uh, uh, what's it called? That Jackbox games with my brother and her, his fiance, and an anime question came up, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is for me. Uh, but then everybody but my dad got it right. Oh wow, that's so disappointing. Yeah, it was an Attack on Titan question. I'm like, well, that's the only show I don't watch with all the answers. So I also, it's a super basic question. Yeah, so I watched all of that one, which is only 12 episodes long. I had a lot of fun with it. There were a couple of, like, nods to historical accuracy I thought were cool. Even though, like, I'm sorry, a destroyer, gonna have a lot more people die. But since it's a happy anime, like Girls in the Panzer, nobody does. It's high school curriculum. You can't die in high school. It's a rule of the universe. But they have live ammunition. They're firing very explosive blanks. Is what they I have just about live to say. ammunition. <laughs> like I said, they specifically call it out. That's why they train in high school because you can't die in high school. So that one's fun. I started watching Fate Grand Order Babylonia. Absolute Demon Front, I think, might be what the full <laughs> okay. title is. Which do we uh, uh, just check in since one of us very much likes each of these? Which do you think has the more ridiculous names? Kingdom Heart Games or Fate Series? Fate Series. Kingdom Heart. Because most of Fates aren't actually that ridiculous. That one was pretty ri- Kingdom Hearts doesn't actually have very many ridiculous subtitles. They tend to be like three words or less, right? Like Dream Drop the, the, Distance. They're, they're not as long. They are as, hey, Dream Drop Distance, that's 3DS. Although, to be fair, lots of games are doing that at the time. Uh, it's mostly that they like don't mean anything. It's just random words. 
Yeah. That's I, why it's more ridiculous, because the Fate Grand Order one means something specific. Like, it tells you what you're doing. I Grand Order tells me nothing. Babylonia also tells me nothing. Babylon's there, I guess? Is you're, Nebuchadnezzar? They're in Babylon. They're, you're in Babylon. Okay. So, so Chain of Memories is all about memories. Dream Drop Distance is about being in dreams. Okay. I feel like they're the same amount of relation to what's going <laughs> to on. To reality? <laughs> nah, Fate Grand Order is far more realistic. Yeah, because the teenagers aren't good people. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't. There's only one. No, there's only two teenagers in that oh. series. See, my headcanon is that because Sora got to skip puberty and sleep through it as his reward for saving Kingdom Hearts 1, that's why he's the only good teenager. Is he got to skip the awkward parts and just come out fine? Now, in, in Fate Grand Order, there's only the main character who I'm assuming is a teenager, although I don't think they ever specify an age for him. Although they might have done it in the movie originally, and Mash, your uh, assistant. All the better for you to write late to me, my dear. Well, yeah, and I found out when I was looking it up for the reason why they picked uh, the last singularity, which is Babylon, for the anime series, is because they put out a poll for what people would like to see. Sounds and a like lot of Japan. And a lot of people said Babylon and anime, so that's what they did. I do like the idea of it being like the original U.S. Constitution rules for the presidency, and like, we have to take the top two ideas and put them together, no matter <laughs> what they are. Who's your favorite character? Lacus Klein and Char Aznable. Welp. I know they were producing a movie for Camelot, which I think they're still doing, which is the singularity right before it. So I've been playing a lot of that, uh, Fate Grand Order specifically, because their summer event is, I guess technically it's the 2018 summer event. But it, in America now? Yes, because so. the Western version of Fate Grand Order is actually two years behind. And I, I feel I have to share what they did with this one. So the entire thing is your characters are stuck in a time loop. So your character is on Hawaii assisting... Jalter with creating a doujin in order to win first place at what is effectively like a Comicet style convention. Sounds like an anime. Yep. Okay. And you have to constantly repeat the same seven days until you win. It, although, if it was a modern anime, it would definitely be called I Have to Create Fan Comics with Joan of Arc. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not Joan of Arc, it's Jalter. Joan of Arc is one of your main competitors. <laughs> of course. Which Jolter? Are there multiple Jolters? There's Jolter, which is the Avenger, and then there's the new Jolter Berserker, who is also a swimsuit Jolter. Because all of the characters that they add for the summer events are all like their summer swimsuit characters. So, I'd like to hijack this anime train really quick to go off a brief tangent, because one of the things I've been doing recently is watching an anime called Rascal Doesn't Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. I've considered that. How I've is? actually heard that one's pretty good. It's the bunny girl only shows up for like 30 seconds in the first episode, and then you never see her again. Kind of. You see her again. She's, she's not just a bunny not girl. in the bunny suit. It's explained away, and then you never see it again. She as becomes as normal aware. type. I've only, yeah, she becomes normal type. She's no longer bunny type. Bunny type, I guess. I don't know. I'm only through three episodes. Maybe she decides to wear a bunny girl suit again at some point. Doesn't seem like it's going that way. It's weird. I highly recommend it. It's like weird paranormal slice of life. So it's kind of like less combative Monotonogiri. I don't know what that is. No one does. Don't worry about it. Anything else, Zach? Like I said, I've played a lot of Fate Go and a lot of uh, Ezra Lane because I've just been doing that. And that one's one of the ones where I can be doing something else and just tell it to, okay, automatically battle. Like, move here, battle for me. I guess that's it. Like, I've, I've been very, very on the side of I don't want to do anything the last couple of weeks. And watching all of, like I said, all of High School Fleet and a bunch of other 
anime like Fate Go, like, that takes up a surprising amount of time when you're not really paying attention to it. Time flies when you're watching high school students bombard each other from a distance. Well, I mean, it's not quite to that extent, because they're a destroyer, they don't have that much distance. Because they, you know, they gotta go with the underdog story, so at one point they have to take their little dinky-ass destroyer up against the Yamato-class battleship Musashi, because that's a fair fight. And then they win? Of course they win, they're the main characters. Modern anime has occasionally subverted that trope, and sometimes you lose a couple times before you win. Well, in this case, they had... They had to win because the reason why they're out running around is because these little rodent-like things took people over and made them super aggressive and try and kill people. Sounds like an anime. And their, <laughs> and their one little destroyer happened to have, have a cat that caught the rodent that ended up on their ship, so they didn't get infected. So for want of a cat. So speaking of that, we played Valorant. Yeah. Play um, Counter-Strike. You know, so that said, I've played a lot of Counter-Strike. This year, like about eighty hours of Counter Strike this year. That's more than I've played. I think Valorant's better. It's like not enough better that I think you should go out and get Valorant. But it's... I actually really, really enjoyed playing Valorant. I have ethical problems recommending it with the anti cheat stuff that comes with it that eh. Riot has delivered to your computer's core. Um, it's actually not that much worse than anything else anyone ever installs. It just, it feels so much worse. It does feel worse, yes, because it is modifying the kernel, but... Personally, like, the game wasn't the worst thing I've ever played, but when it comes down to shooters, number one, the maps were kind of boring, and they weren't really all that, like, I didn't have a feel of, like, I want to go to this location, or I want to play on this map because it's cool. It was, all right... We've got the map that's got three lanes and the map that's got two lanes. I think I've done this song in dance before. Right? Yeah, whereas, like, you look at, say, Counter-Strike with, just take Dust. Like, do you remember Dust? I, again, have played 80 hours of Counter-Strike this year, yes. (laughs) It's been, like, three or, it's been two or three years since I last played Counter-Strike. I can still remember Dust, Assault, Dust 2. Hell, I can still remember how to play one of the maps that isn't even in Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Like I said before, I actually ever played any Valorant. It feels unfinished in a weird way. Um, It definitely doesn't feel as much as when I was watching people play the beta, but the maps really feel like they're missing some sort of shine or polish. It's hard to explain what exactly, but they're missing it. And the whole art style feels like they just stole from Blizzard, which is Riot's MO, so no one ever accused them of making an original game. I mean, just looking at the character designs... They, they really want to be Overwatch. They have good character designs. They are very reminiscent of Overwatch. Um, I feel like slimming down the weapon variety hurts the game. Really? Yes, actually. I actually like that. Because you end up with a situation where you go to the, literally the same two or three guns every single time. And it's really easy to get to that point. And especially including a weapon like the Operator, which is, they literally just called it the Op. Like, okay, I get it. You're going to have to include a gun like this if you want to draw people in. But slimming it down so much means that you don't have a lot of variety in other weapons. Like, there's not a lot of, like, submachine guns don't basically exist. There's only, I think, one, but I think it's mostly assault rifles and shotguns. I think there are two. That said, can you explain to me the difference between all the submachine guns in Counter-Strike? Because they're all basically identical. It's been years since i played Counter-Strike, like, like I said. I know the what the main... difference is, because I play a lot of Counter-Strike, but... One of the main reasons why you include all of that is for the d- different degree in um, player learning. So you have the ones that are ostensibly or actually bad guns. 
so people don't buy those when they learn how to play the game. So as you, it's a learning curve, as well but, as a factor of sometimes it ends up being like, okay, I will get a slight upgrade from what I've got because I have enough money to buy this submachine gun, even though I know it's not that good. It means that I can upgrade to a, a slight degree, but because of how much money they give you in Valorant, I don't even see a point behind the the purchase system because I don't think I ever be on like round three. Couldn't afford what I wanted to money. buy. That's actually a good point. I never didn't have enough money. I love Mark Rosewater and his uh, philosophy on Magic the Gathering, and I think it's very important that Magic the Gathering has bad cards so players can learn not to use them. But I also think from an attracting new players standpoint, you shouldn't have trap guns that are just there for the players to learn, oh, these are actually bad. I think that's actually bad design. I think the design philosophy is more like focus on tactics. Like, any gun you choose is viable in the right setting. It's learning where and when to use each one. Exactly. Um, and I think that's kind of why the buy phases are so long, is so that, theoretically, you coordinate with your team, um, and, like, buy weapons to have, like, a full loadout between your team, but, on the other hand, eh. It's 30 seconds for a round that lasts a minute and a half. Yeah. That's wrong, and especially because of how fast the buy phase goes. Now, if it was as long as you could get in Counter-Strike, where, okay, I want to buy armor, a, a primary gun, a secondary gun, three different grenades, and then I need to coordinate with my buddy to make sure we cover our bases on that, then I could understand having a buy phase that long. But Counter-Strike Counter has like a 10 15 second. seconds, <laughs> yeah. which means learn and move fast if you're gonna with, with what you're going to buy. Here it was, alright, 30 seconds, now prepare and buy. Map's not that big, for one thing. I got everything I needed in the first 3 seconds. I'm glad I'm going to stand around for 30 seconds, and also have your rounds go for like 30 rounds in the ca casual mode. Yeah, that's it's weird that the casual is longer than the competitive to me that's kind of i wonder odd. if the intent was to try and make them last about an hour because that's what the league of legends they last game was supposed to be sl slated as was if you're going to play a game on summoner's rift it's supposed to you're supposed to block off at least an hour for that i don't know coming from that perspective i only played jet so i can't really say to how big an effect each of the different abilities had that said, I liked Jet's mobility compared with everything else. I think she has one of the better toolkits of in anyone, especially at the starting agents. Although I uh, think I used her uh, ultimate once, realized it was garbage. Yeah, her ult's garbage. Again. But all, her, all her other powers have like great utility. I so, think, I, so I had fun playing her occasionally. Um, I think their quick play normal match might be a little out of whack, but at the same time... It was trying to put four people who had never played a game and one person who had played a couple of games into things. It didn't really have a good grasp on where our different skill levels were in comparison to the people we were playing against. So there's that. So And I mean, we had about the same amount of luck when we played Siege, but that one was for different reasons. We had a bunch of people who had never played a game and a couple of people who had played a bunch of games. So Yeah, I mean, so all things considered, of, of the three first-person shooters that just got mentioned here, I like. I would way prefer to play Siege on average. See, like, I think I would prefer to play Valorant, just um, because it's like more arcadey. I don't know why. Um, I just while I was playing Valorant, I felt like I could get really into it. If anyone else did, uh, well, I've been playing enough Counter Strike that I'd be fine to just play Valorant instead because they're basically the same game. But that's fair. I just like I preferred the way they did it in. I preferred Siege because, in part, because they have a way of a little bit differentiating the operators from each other. It's also, um, like, slower pace and more tactical. Valorant's a lot more, like, go in guns blade. Like, there is some tactics, but... Well, I was specifically thinking, because, like, with Siege, they have, okay, here's this character's kit, full inclusion, 
guns, sidearms, abilities, and so they're a little bit tactical more tactical gear. Whereas Valorant, it's here's this character and their abilities, and anybody can get a hold of the guns. So it makes balancing them a little bit more tricky. And like I, like I said, I just like Siege because number one, I think the maps are a little bit better designed, and being able to go through walls is cool to me. It's a lot more complex, I think. Also, just overall, I don't know. Valorant's like fine. What have you been playing? Fine. It's, it's fine. I've actually had energy recently, kind of. Uh, so I started some new games for the first time in a millennium. I need to do that. Oh, yeah, I played Battletech for a while. <laughs> I knew there was something else in there that I hadn't played. I picked up a game a while ago called Wizard of Legend, which is a roguelike... Oh, oh yeah. I look- what hell is not really the right word? I saw you playing that and was like, what the hell is this? So I punched it into Steam to look at the store page. It needs, like, it feels a little bit unfinished. It still feels a little bit beta-y because you get, like, you start the game. Let me go back a step. I have a really hard time not comparing this game to Enter the Gungeon for a lot of reasons, partially because they're mechanically similar, but, like, all the things that you start with in this are like, hey, would you like to do a fully randomized run for, like, 10 Chaos Gems? I'm like, I haven't done a single run yet. Why are you offering this to me? It could use a little bit more lead-up, and, like, a lot of the actual exploring the dungeons feels a little shallow that said is it um, an early access right now i honestly have no idea um it might be it it feels like it is like i said i i looked at it can't remember off the top of my head if it was or not i really like the flavor of this game it's a lot more lighthearted than a lot of other similar like roguelike actiony games like this and i'm having a blast with it i have some minor problems with it but overall like it's just a ton of fun you have i think five elements or something and you just have like every spell you have is in an element you have a basic attack which is basically you mash this in close range with something you have a dash which has various effects like you have a fire dash which can leave a burning trail or a ice dash that can leave a decoy behind to lure enemies to attack and then you have a million different other arcana which all do different things and the goal of the game is basically to find the arcana's that you like, that also synergize well together and allow you to handle a variety of different scenarios while also pairing them with relics that, like, go well together. So I tend to prefer lightning because they hit a lot, and then I take relics that heal me on critical hit because I hit more often, so I have more chances for a critical hit, so then I heal more often. Or there's, like, one that just summons some giant chess pieces to stand in front of you and block attacks for you, (laughs) because why not? Or, like, one that just summons, like, giant hands out of the ground to grab people, or one that just summons demons. I don't know. It's all over the place, and I, I don't know. The variety of attacks is, like, really cool, I think. And that's part of why I like the combat in this game a bit more than Enter the Gungeon. Although I think Gungeon is, like, a way better roguelike bullet hell game. It's a uh, better complete experience. Yeah, like, there's a lot more... There's a sense of progression in Gungeon, and frankly, I think the soundtrack's a lot better, and the maps are simpler, but in a way that makes it a lot easier to play the game. Every time you walk into a room and enter the gungeon, you know exactly like where you need to be at any given moment in order to minimize your chance of getting hit. This game, you just kind of wade in swinging, so it's a very different feel. I'm curious, did you ever play Binding of Isaac? Yeah, Gungeon is better than Isaac. No, that just was one of those games that I'm like, I thought about it and was like, that seems like very up Tyler's alley, even though it's a few years old at this point, which actually that means it's even more up your alley since you never play anything that's new. Um, I actually bought that game almost when it came out. Um, I couldn't remember ever talking to you about it. Yeah, I didn't. That was also a long time ago. Now it was that I think a about long it. time ago. There's probably a few episodes where we were talking about it, because I know there's a bunch of early episodes where we're talking about playing Payday. Yep, that is true. Um, 
I like Mind of Isaac a lot. I think Gungeon is basically the same game, but better. Without Different all the flavor. religious undertones? Um, Actually, I guess Binding of Isaac, they're not undertones. Overtones? Yeah, Tones? and they're kind of like anti-religious overtones? I don't know. Anyway, um, Wizard of Legend would recommend if you're into some light fantasy fluff. It also ties in really well with a book series I've been reading recently, so that's kind of fun. The other game I picked up recently was Temtem, because it was on sale. So I saw you playing that as well. Yesterday, actually. I'm trying to think, so obviously we had to compare it to Pokemon, and what I'll say off the bat is their music's not as good, and it clearly wants to just be Pokemon music. Like, one of the tracks, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they just stole this from a Pokemon game. The UI design is absolutely trash garbage. I Oof. Like, it's like someone... Someone has heard of UI design? I think they just didn't hire a UI designer or something. Like, they got a bunch of pretty pictures. Like, all the art is good, and, like, they have all these pretty pictures, but, like, the highlight color on these blue-ass art things in your menu is a slightly lighter shade of blue, or sometimes it's orange, so it's not even consistent. And, like, if you have something selected, sometimes it's, like, red to indicate that it is the chosen option. And if you click something else, it'll change that one to red. But you can't tell that you change it because it's so highlighted in blue because you're still on top of it. Uh, the other one just loses the red highlight. Like, there's a lot of really bad, like, menu layout stuff, and it's hard to get the information you want at any given point. I think that's one of the biggest sins a game can commit is to have a terrible UI. Because a lot of times, if the UI is difficult in that way, it basically makes it impossible to enjoy the game because you can't figure out what the UI is trying to tell you. One of its saving graces, I think, is that you don't actually interact with the UI very often. But Or, like, another, like, just really weird thing is, like, when you pop open your map, it's the entire map of the entire place you've been all at one time. And it's just, like, ever-expanding. And you, uh, it's impossible to find anything. So you can't zoom in on where you actually are? Uh, there, the maximum zoom in? level is about the size of a single town. So, like, you can't get any more fine-grained than that. There are a bunch of icons all over the map, but there's no legend on the map to tell you what the icons mean. Is there a button uh, to bring a legend up? Nope. <laughs> That's a fail. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of really bad UI stuff like that. That said, and I'm probably, like, exaggerating a little bit. Is because... that one in early access? Yeah, this one's definitely some Okay, so that's access. a little bit more forgiving, but still, you gotta fix that shit. And, like, one of the weaker pieces, I think, I had mentioned that they have, like, nice art, like, the menus looked really nice, the cities look really nice. The Temtem designs themselves are not nearly as strong as I think Pokemon designs are. I think part of it is that everything feels washed out, like it's in direct sunlight all the time. What designs are as good as Pokemon designs? That's a good point, right? Like, Pokemon designs like, on average are pretty dang good. I, I love me at Digimons, but Digimon designs ain't no Pokemon designs. Uh, like, and even some of the, like, the cooler and cuter Tem I've seen, Temtem, Temine, Temopodes, I'm like, oh man, this one's really good. And even then, I'm like, well, it's still not as good as, like, a Charmander. So. I think once you get into the Ultimates and Megas, that's when you start getting Digimon's better designs. Uh, if you mean a whole bunch of people who are just mans, then yes. <laughs> well, I was specifically thinking like Metal Greymon, Rise Greymon. I'm not uh, saying that there are no good ones. There are plenty of good ones. I'm just saying Pokemon would not have allowed Numamon in. Like, compare Muck to all of the gross Digimon, and Muck is a 5,000 times better design. The difference between Pokemon and Digimon is quality control. If you want to see, like, a really good early game Temtem, Pajaro is adorable. It's their Pidgey replacement. I think it's a really good design. It's still not as good as, like, 98% of Pokemon. So, what I will say, though, is the game is, like, all the character dialogue, way better. Like, every interaction you have is, like, a weird little side story, and there are choices. I have no idea if they matter, but, like, talking to NPCs is actually, like, kind of fun. 
every single battle you have way better. So it's pretty much always double battles all the time. And Tem have like weird synergies where like if you're on the field with another Tem Tem of this particular type, this one attack does extra stuff. But like you don't necessarily synergize with that type very well. So it's kind of a tactical choice like do I want this attack to be stronger and then have a partner that I'm not necessarily great with? Or do I want to have a partner that synergizes better with me, but then this attack isn't as powerful? So it's um, making the combat more complicated. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because that's one of the genius parts of Pokemon. It's is... still also very simple at the same time. Like, there are a lot more choices to be made, but at the end of the day, like, for a single battle, I imagine they might matter, like, a high tactical level. But over the course of just playing the game, it's like, like, battles are just harder, your Temtem are not as durable as Pokemon are on average, and being overleveled doesn't help you as much. So, I'm enjoying the combat, like, way more in this game. Like, the actual mechanics of this, I think, blow Pokemon out of the water. All the UI design and, like, terrible lighting and stuff, and, like, kind of subpar music are kind of meh. The combat in this game, I think, is just way more fun than Pokemon. That said, I cannot remember their goddamn type chart, because it is too similar to Pokemon, without sharing a lot of the same weaknesses. That is my problem in a lot of Digimon games. Yep. (laughs) Like, Nature, which is definitely not Grass-type, we swear, is not weak to Wind, which is definitely not Flying-type, and that messes me up all the time. It's not Temtem's fault, I'm just too habituated to Pokemon. (laughs) Well, that's one of the problems I have with Hacker's Memory, there's actually two two levels of weakness, or of of a typing chart, basically. And I can never remember the lower level, so it's always just like, all right, this is good enough. That said, another, like, I think weak point in the Temtem design is because they're not as well designed, it is not immediately obvious a lot of the time what type they are. And I think that's bad. I think I would agree with you, because one of the benefits to a lot of Pokemon's designs, it's not 100%, but generally speaking, you know what something is by type when you first encounter it. Yeah, like, they're, if they're not color-coded, they're pretty obviously, like, physically coded. Like, Psychic-type Pokemon are kind of all across the board, but it's always pretty obvious that they're Psychic-type because it's got some weird floaty nonsense going Wait, on or something. There's usually something going on with the model to indicate Psychic. Yeah, or at least the, whatever the primary type is, even if the secondary type is a little bit more weird. Either that or they have, a like, a stance that helps you determine it, because a lot of the Psychic-types have a very similar stance to each other when yep. they're standing. Or, like, the name will help give it away, like, Durant. It is a metal ant. Look at it. There's one that always throws me off. It's that big, like, uh, Sherbert bear thing. Uh, Beware? Yes. I always think it's normal type. It's not. Is that the ice type one? Oh, no, no Beware. Okay. I think it's... Uh, normal fighting. It means it does not take the super effective damage from fighting. That does. So I always forget. I can't remember, like, I think that's one of the one that I never remember what type it is whenever I actually encounter it. I can't remember exactly what I always think it is. I'm trying to I might always think it's crab, scary. that's the name I can't think of right now. I always want it to be watertight. And it's, and not. it's not, yeah. Um, comfy looks like it should be grass-type, it's fairy. There are very few counter-examples yes. in Pokemon, yes. though, so. But, like, we can come up with some, but yes, for the most part, you're absolutely right. Anything else, Tyler? Oh, nope, that's it. Um, I will say, if you like Pokemon, I highly recommend Temtem. Maybe wait for it to, uh... Get have a, a little stages. bit more patches. Yeah, I think it's going to be something pretty good. I hope it picks up as much as I want it to. That's it, though. What have you been doing, Jeremy? So I've been thinking about going back and watching some of the original Gundam for a while. And then Gundam Info is like, here, we just put all the Gundam compilation movies on YouTube for anyone to watch. And I was like, thank you, Gundam Info. I will. And then nine hours later, I was like, man, I want to do some Gundam stuff. I want to play some Journey to Jaburo. Shit, my brother took Journey to Jaburo with my PS2. 
I guess I will buy Journey to Jaburo on this uh, shady PS2 used game website. And I'll get Encounters in Space, too, because even though Tyler says it's awful, um, I never played it and always wanted to because it's the sequel to Journey to Jaburo. Where the hell is my copy of that? I thought you had it. I thought I gave it back to you because I couldn't find it. You might have. It might have been lost in the ether. It's okay. It wasn't a good game. Well, I have a brand new copy of it because I got a used copy of Journey to Jaburo and very clearly a brand new copy of Encounters in Space that just has a used price tag slapped on it. Like it's still in the shrink wrap. That's it's got amazing. that new game smell. So, did you uh, watch any turn A in that? Nope. I thought about it. So, after watching all this, I was like, man, I, I want to play Journey to Jaburo, but it's not here yet. I should play some Dynasty Warriors Gundam. <laughs> what the hell do you mean this game isn't on PS4? It's on PS3. <laughs> there must be a Dynasty Warriors Gundam on PS4. To the PS4 store. Oh, no, there's not. Oh, hey, but Gundam vs. Maxi Boost On comes out tomorrow. Nice. And by tomorrow, I mean in 26 minutes. So I guess <laughs> I might as well get this pre-order bonus. So I've been playing Gundam vs. Maxi Boost On. So is that That's an official title. sequel, or is it like a... Technically, it's an older arcade game that has been ported. Okay. It's got way more Gundams in it than Gundam Versus, though. Weird. It doesn't have all the same ones because it's a, you know, older version and not a, a sequel. Um, it's like the new Iron-Blooded Orphans ones not in there? Well, there are more Iron-Blooded Orphans than there were in Versus. Okay. Um, like, the, t- there are, the ones are weird. Like, there's no Talgis, but there is Talgis 2 and Talgis 3. So, you know who has half as many uh, mobile suits as Luna and Heine? That's right, Athern. <laughs> Wait, what? what there what, is no what? Aegis, no Savior, and no Justice. I feel like at least the Aegis what? or the Justice should have shown up. The, I, at the very least, the just Well, I can actually kind of understand why you wouldn't include the Justice, but at least the Aegis. Yeah, it's odd. They just don't like uh, Athern. What suits does Heine get? He gets his guff and his special destiny that never actually appears. Cool. I, I think Setsuna has like 20 mobile suits in there. Because people and I'm assuming love Luna has her Zaku and, a, and yeah, the machine it, she gets later. Yes. Catra has more mobile suits than Athern. I'm assuming Sandrock, Sandrock Custom, no. and uh, Sand- Wing Zero. Sandrock and Wing Zero. Wait, uh, when does Catra pilot the Wing he's, Zero? He has it first. He's actually the first one to he have it. He built it. Oh, what? With his rich dead dad yeah, money. Because he, um... He, he was like, my parents are dead! And he built a Wing Zero. Yeah, he, um... He destroys the Sandrock on Earth, flies up to the colonies... And uh, while he's in the colonies, he builds Wing Zero because his parents are dead. How much money did his parents leave him? That must have cost... They they are Saudi Arabian oil barons. Oh, okay, yeah, that explains it. He has 29 clone sisters. (laughs) I forgot about that. It's been a while since I thought about Quatra's clone sisters. I can't wait till Kevin gets to that. (laughs) Okay, does everybody pilot the Wing Zero, or can can everybody pilot the Wing Zero in that? Only Catra and Hero can pilot in that. In the series, yes, everybody pilots the Wing Zero. Actually, I don't think they all ever actually like pilot it in combat, but everybody uses it at least once. I think everyone t- gets. I a think fight hero with it. basically makes everybody yeah. drive it at least once because basically. he wants everybody to use the wing or use the zero <laughs> system. Duo just does it on his own first, and he's like, "You're not trying that shit with me. Once was enough. I ain't doing that again. <laughs> I'm good." How does the combat differ in this from versus? Is it substantially? Have you played versus? No, I watched looked, people play Versus, It though. looked very similar yeah. to me in the video you showed us. The main difference is that Versus introduced a mechanic called Boost Dive, which lets you get to the ground very quickly at the cost of boost, and 
that was introduced because in this game, characters that had that sort of mechanic were much better than others. So yeah, they, I noticed that video you showed us before we started recording that or the person was complaining about the suit he was piloting not having that. And most suits in this game, because of patches, have some way to do that or they're balanced around the fact that they can't. Although I do think that was a very good choice as something to add. Like, it is noticeably missing, but that's the only major difference. The other things are mostly just, it's got more mobile suits. It has Gundam Seed Destiny mobile suits, for example. Oh, are they not in There's, Gundam There versus? are no, for some reason, Destiny was excluded from Versus. I hadn't noticed, but that's probably because I don't like Destiny and I hate all the mobile suits from it. And some of the newer series, like IBO, has more representation here. Thunderbolt. I guess that makes sense that you'd have more from IBO because that was the new hotness probably when that came out. Since you haven't played it, Tyler, it is a 2v2 arena fighter that is mostly about movement and spacing. I knew that about it. Basically, every mobile suit has a main that's usually a beam rifle and usually a melee attack. Uh, Some mobile suits have heavy arms and instead they have missiles. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really just about how you manage your boost and get around. Every mobile suit has a cost. And you have a certain amount of points for your team. And when you die, your cost is subtracted from those points and you respawn. If you run out of points, you lose. And if when those points are subtracted, you have less than your mobile suit costs, you spawn with a health penalty. Okay. Which creates an interesting balance mechanic where you can just have some Gundams be way better than others. But that's fine, because if you take them down once, it's pretty much all It's a much heavier hit whenever they get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you would really like it. This one has co-op arcade. Interesting. So I think maybe you and I should play some of that. I, I agree. Think you could get into it. That sounds fun. It does sound like fun. Uh, and then I found out in the year of our Lord 2019, someone started translating Garden's Greed. I was nice, like, I should finally. Play <laughs> it's about 60% translated, which is about how much I needed to remember how to play Garen's Greed. It is still Garen's Greed. Only sometimes the text is in English, and I am surprised. <laughs> the uh, English... Is it still being actively worked yeah. on? Okay. Well, the last update was July 11. Okay. Which is recently enough for me to suspect there would be yeah. another update. <gasps> you got very excited for a second. I did. Uh, but I, I can save until you're done with the what you've been playing. I mean, it's pretty much Garen's Greed. The only thing I want to say is one of the reasons it was never translated is the way it's coded, like all the text is textures. Oh, interesting. Instead so, of actual characters. Yeah, so they had to like make pictures of all the text to put in there and the font they have chosen is terrible <laughs> but i will take it over over having to try to read japanese yeah which you know I, at one point i got pretty good at to play gear and screen but it's nice to see tin cod and not have to remember now is that the core fighter or the core booster like which <laughs> which of those characters is different so google recently was like hey we know you here's an article about a bunch of n64 rom hacks that got released oh, in this yes the i year of that. our lord 2020 and one of them, which I think I'm definitely going to play at some point, I went about the process of setting this up. I'm like, ah, I had to go, like, get a new emulator on this computer, and then I had to go find a Banjo-Kazooie ROM somehow, and then I have to patch the ROM, and, like... I did all ele- that for Gear and Screed. It's 11.30 at night. This is starting to sound like a project for, like, in the morning sometime. To be um, fair, mine was at 11.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's the reason why I wouldn't want to play Cyber Sleuth, is because after I finish Hacker's Memory, I'm planning on playing Ogre Battle again. Which one? 64? Uh, 64, okay. a person of lordly caliber. So, what, one of the mini ROM hacks that came out, there's one that I'm excited for that's, like, an in-between between Ocarina and uh, Majora's Mask. Which sounds kind of interesting, but the one I'm actually excited for is Banjo-Kazooie, the Jiggy of Time. And I'm mostly excited for it because the person who was writing it is like, well, I saved the best one for last. And like, guys, remember how we always wanted like another Banjo-Kazooie game that didn't suck? This one's it, and it's like, maybe better written than the first ones. The jokes are funny. 
To be fair, Nuts and Bolts doesn't suck. It was just made literally for no one. <laughs> no one asked for that game. No one wanted that game. Some people liked it, I guess. Sorry, I, I, my brain immediately translated what you said into, remember when we wanted a Banjo-Kazooie game that didn't suck? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, what if Ocarina of Time had been reimagined such that Gruntilda is Ganondorf and is has taken control of the realm and Banjo-Kazooie, or Banjo and Kazooie must travel through time to save the realm. So it's like an actual Banjo-Kazooie game that is like inspired by Ocarina of Time, but is not a skin on top of Ocarina of Time. That is very interesting. That sounds very similar to what the game was originally set up to be. Which one? Banjo-Kazooie? Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Was there time travel involved in Banjo-Kazooie ever? I, I think in the original plot, in the original pitch there was. I can't remember that. Oh, really? In the very original pitch, there was, it was like a some kind of time travel thing that involved pirates. Weird. Well, I think you get that in this game. So I'd have to look that. I'd have to try and track down where I saw that. But if I remember correctly, I do remember the original character for Banjo wasn't a bear; it was a dude. <laughs> I mean, that sounds right, Zach. Which means it probably isn't. <laughs> Fair, especially I, since I'm the one that said it. If nothing else, I do at some point have to make you listen to the title track because it is just the Ocarina of Time like opening theme. But yeah, yeah. Ban- uh, yeah, but Banjo, and it's great. <laughs> hey, Rare, when are we going to get that tip-top game? What, were they ever going to? I think they joked about it. Okay. All right, uh, speaking of jokes, we played GTA Vice City. It, it's in the 80s. It's Miami Vice and Scarface up in here. It is very Scarface. It really wants to be a movie about drugs in the 80s? Drug crimes? I mean, I played a lot of Vice City when I was younger. I, I really liked it when I was a kid. I, I think it's never still pretty one. good. This was actually the first GTA I ever saw because one of my friends in high school, like I randomly like went and stayed at one of his parents' houses with him for a weekend in like Steamboat or something. We took a train to get there. It was a whole thing. That's actually also where I found Mega Man. I was trying to think how to segue. I don't know. His name was Justin. This is where I found Mega Man Zero. Is that the the series that focuses on Zero? That's like I more, think so. I don't know that game. Uh, we just played it on the entire train ride down. It was a weird trip. Anyway, he played Vice City a lot of that weekend, and I had never seen a GTA game before. I'm pretty sure this was also my first GTA game, but it could have been 3 or San Andreas, and I would believe you. Honestly, my first GTA game was GTA. Oh yeah, I think I did play GTA with Zach before any of the proper 3D GTAs. I don't think so, because I don't know that I had it before. I don't know that I had a GTA. I think I played it at my cousin's house. I definitely played it at your house. I have a Game Boy cart of GTA, actually, somewhere. Anyway, Vice City is the second in the, like, modern conception of GTA games after GTA 3. It is the second GTA 3. Yes. GTA 3, 2, Vice City, basically. Yeah, GTA 3, 2, Vice City, get lost in the vice. Bad advice. Because they were smart (laughs) enough to realize GTA 3 was enough of a change in water that they should not just go to GTA 4. But then people were like, whenever a video game does the smart thing and stops using numbers, it's like, when are you going to come out with game title next number? It needs a bigger number or it doesn't count as a real sequel. So when the new consoles came out, they had to go upper. On one hand, it makes a certain amount of sense because all three of the GTA 3 Games basically used the same engine, whereas when they went to GTA 4, they used a new engine. And now we're just re-released GTA 5. Again. This is the future It's a launch title for PS5 and Xbox Next Flip. Can we call it Um, the Next Box? I don't know what it's actually called. I think I'm just going to start referring to it as Xbox Cool Flips until Taco (laughs) Bell tries to give me one for free, and I learn what it's actually called. 
So GTA Vice City is, like Jeremy said, it's set in the 80s. It's in Miami, basically. It's not called Miami, but it's, it's very in clearly somewhere. Supposed to, you're supposed to think of Miami Vice when you see this game. You play his, his name's Tommy Versetti. Oh, I thought it was Tony Vincetti. No, Tommy Versetti, who is trying to make good on a blown drug deal, basically. Yeah, well, the game, I want to start out, the first thing I noticed about this game is it has a killer soundtrack. It's all period stuff, which means it's missing some potentially really great songs for that. They definitely put a lot of work into attempting to recreate the period and create the, like, 80s drug crime fantasy, if that's what you want. Clearly a lot of work went into it, and the music reflects that. They must have paid a ton of money for the licenses on all these songs. And boy, do they not know how to use them. Because the game starts out with you watching this Italian crime family counting their drug money. Oh, wait, no, we have to go back a step because you do definitely get a cinematic intro that's like a bunch of just like random shots of stuff happening around Miami like it is Miami Vice. Yeah, like like an opening credit sequence. It really felt like the Law and Order credits should have been playing (laughs) during that. It really did. Wow, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Which is what they should have done instead of what is the song even? I, don't, I tried to look it up uh, when we started recording so that I could listen to it, and I don't even know. It is an 80s classic rock song you've heard. It is too loud for this scene of a bunch of gangsters talking and expositing about Tony Vincetti and how he's getting out of prison, and they gotta set him up with some sweet cocaine to get him out of their hair. But this rock song is playing just too loud, and it doesn't fit the scene at all. It really screams to me, hey, we got this cool song, and we wanted it over our opening credits, but we didn't, like, actually write the opening credits to that. It's very, hey, I'm making a movie in high school, and this is my favorite song. So, of course, it's going to be over the opening credits. And I sound edited it poorly. For the most part, the music gets used just on the radio stations when you're driving around in your cars, which is a pretty good use for it. Early on, you're never driving long enough to listen to a full song, which feels a little weird, but is a technical problem of the time. Because the map, while bigger than a lot of the other ones you might encounter, especially early on before... The other island opens up. It's pretty small. So, like Zach said, you do a try to do a coke deal to set up a expansion of the Italian mafia's business in Miami. That's how that works, right? They're trying to open up a branch franchise. Yeah, you're you're the CEO of the Miami branch of mafia, but you blow the deal so the Italian gangsters who play wild rock so no one can hear them are angry at you and you have to get the money to make it up for it to them. Your sidekick is asshole lawyer. Don't worry, he's written very poorly. He also disappears after like three missions from being one of the guy major players. It's fine, he gets replaced with Texas man. Well, you get a lot of different people who Doug Dimmadome being, <laughs> being contacts. <laughs> Doug Dimmadome, actually, like, he does crop up his missions, but, like, his is one of the ones that, like, kind of periodically goes away and comes back on the missions that you're doing. So you do a few of the tutorial missions that are like, hey, go here, get this gun, shoot that dude, fight all these people, and somehow manage to destroy all three of these while 20 guys are trying to kill you. If you've never played GTA, the basic uh, gameplay loop is walk out of building, usually the hospital, but sometimes your hotel. (laughs) I actually didn't get wasted that much on this playthrough, except on a specific mission. Find the nearest car, steal it, no one will care. Drive very erratically to your objective on the map, no one will care, especially if you pass a cop, as long as you don't rear-end them. Get talked to by a terrible, terrible caricature that has been written on a third grade level, and then get a mission that will drive you crazy because it was poorly conceived. (laughs) And that makes you so angry that you just decide to shoot people up until the cops are after you to see how many stars you can get. That does incorporate at least one of the major aspects of it. All of the characters that you get missions from are 
just caricatures of uh, specific stereotypes of stuff. I found the writing in GTA 5 to be very immature. I haven't played GTA 5, but I watched some Let's Plays because I had heard good stuff about the campaign. And I was like, maybe this is for me. I said, watch some stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, the satire in this, it's almost, but it's just so bad. I feel like it was so much better in GTA. No, it's not. It was always terrible. Yeah, I like. I was playing this and I'm like, wow, this is kind of terrible. The funniest joke I encountered was that the strip club is called Pole Position. Ah, and that's exactly the reaction it got from me. And it's just like so sexist towards the one female character I encountered, who, of course, is a stripper. Of course. What else would she be? I was just thinking about like the terrible talk radio and like, oh, no, we were talking about this off mics a little bit. And, like, I, it's clear that they want it to be satire, but I don't understand what they're satirizing or like if they have a point or like. And I wonder if that's intentional, because there is a degree to which people try to sanitize that stuff so they don't offend anyone. That's sat- the way they satirize. I don't think they're actually scared of offending anyone. It's just like, it's there's such weak caricatures. I can't imagine anyone being offended, or it doesn't feel like they have a point. Like, there's lots of, come to the gun store and buy guns, because you're an American. Buy a tank, America! I'm like, okay, but I can do that joke and make it funny. In fact, the version I just did is better than, <laughs> than what's actually in the game. I heard more about Cambodia and killing Cambodians with cool knives than I think I've ever heard the word Cambodia. And I do list, and, uh, on my WoW playlist is Holiday in Cambodia. Um, I listened to a long time about, like, a weird housewife who has no actual skills and therefore wants to, like, shelter her children. And, like, I understand who they're trying to make fun of, but I don't understand why or how or, like, what their actual problem with it is. They never make any points. Exactly. And, like, it reminded me a lot of... Uh, What's it called? That game that's no good that nobody likes. It's near the bottom of our list. Postal 2. Oh, Postal 2, yes. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Postal 2 in the writing. Like, except for, again, Postal 2 was actually managed to be offensive. So maybe it's got more teeth in a weird way. Like, there's this thing about, like, there's this football player who gets named a lot. And he's like, oh, yeah, come to my football school and learn to do drugs and ruin your life by uh, competing and injuring yourself. And I'm like... Yeah, I, I get what you're trying to do with this, but you haven't actually done it. And that was my feeling on a lot of the talk radio, which is sad because it was one of the parts of this game that I was most excited for. That was my like thought whenever I heard any line of dialogue in this game. Whether it was like a random NPC on the street yelling at me for stealing their car, or the lawyer sidekick, or Texas Timmyton, the Texan of Texas, who wants you to acquire some land jumps, or like every time... Like, they make fun of the guy's clothes. Like, it's a running gag. They're like, you're going to have to do the busy work of going to the clothes store first, because your clothes suck. And, and you're like, like, but I like my clothes. clothes. <laughs> I'm like, I get that as like a sitcom running joke sort of thing, but again, it doesn't land. Which is sad, because like, I feel the voice acting in this game is phenomenal, especially for the time. Like, it's all crisp and clear. The lines are delivered well, even if they're like terrible caricatures. Like that's clearly what the Did director you get was going far for. enough to meet Lance. No, I was just curious because he's like one of the main sidekicks that you run into a lot during the day de- during the game. Really, he's like he's in one of like the second mi- second yeah, or third. He's mission. the black guy who yeah. like you find with the phone. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yes, I didn't remember his name. Yeah, I-, I agree with you on the voice acting. Although that said, oftentimes the sound mixing is bad, uh, which is not the voice actor's fault, but it does. Maybe some of the lines are bad. Like, you're difficult to hear. I just remember going from, like, story mission to story mission, and, like, these random characters that hop in, and they're all behaving as though they know each other. I'm like, I feel like I missed some connective tissue here, but at least these people are talking well, so that's nice. 
They're doing the talk good. And like, I just feel like every time you walk into a mission, it, it starts three lines of dialogue later than it should. And there's just so much toxic masculinity in this game, too. Like, anytime you're talking with anyone, they're like, hey, you're an asshole. Yeah, well, you're an asshole. Okay, let's do the mission. Well, it was set in the 80s. <laughs> Everyone was on cocaine, so that's just how people actually interacted. I don't know if you've seen any of the 80s. But... I was born at the tail end. I only got one year of 80s. <laughs> and I think that was mostly Batman the movie. None of the things that you guys said really bothered me, personally. I didn't really notice a lot of it. No, th these so, are actually, honestly, all s small nitpicks, I think, for, at least for me, despite the amount of time we spent on them. They're kind of bigger for me. I, the bigger problem is, I think, the, like, like the loop of the game is okay, like the driving to place and then doing thing. But most of the things you do, I don't think, are very good. Like, the melee combat in this game is terrible. Like, it's, it is. It's like a poster child for now not to do melee combat. You, you have a weapon swing button. It's very difficult to aim at who you want to hit. Uh, if you get hit, you fall down, and then there's nothing you can do to get up faster, nor are there inter any interactions while you're down. All you can do is wait to get up. Similarly, you knock opponents down and can't do anything but wait for them to get up. That's not actually true. Can you hit people you while they're down? You can hit people while they're down. Um, it's kind of awkward and janky, but you can do it. It's not. It's actually not that hard to do, but like it takes a while for you to I, do it. I imagine it's as awkward as hitting someone while standing up. Which would explain yeah, why I didn't think you that, could do that's it. That's about right. Really, I think one of the biggest faults that you run into from doing missions is if you get yourself into a mission that's particularly difficult. There's one mission that's really difficult, but it doesn't have the same busy work attached to it. Like a lot of the missions, if you get killed or something like that, because you lose all of your guns when that happens. Yeah, the, you have the to go, penalty for failure is steep. You have to go back and buy all of your guns again. A lot of the missions will give you guns. But they very seldom will give you stuff like body armor, and they won't necessarily give you the optimal gun. They will give you the gun that's good for, like, the story. I found failing missions to be highly demoralized. Because also you have to start over. It's not even you have to drive back to where the mission is. You have to drive back to where you got the mission. And then drive watch back the, to the closed store. And watch the uh, watch the cutscene again. You, you can't skip that. You can, depending on which one it is. Because oh. <laughs> there, there are a couple of missions in which you cannot skip the cutscene. I just mostly found the missions to be very unfun. It's clear they're trying for, um, for variety. I'm sure there's one we're about to talk about. And I do appreciate that, but I don't... Because the combat is so unfun and most of them are like drive-to-place fight, they're not very fun. And the driving in this game isn't bad. It's not my thing, but I can't imagine the person who just wants to, like, drive around in this game. Like, but that's the most fun I had, was getting in the car and driving to where I want to go. And I'm not entirely sure that's not just because we live in the COVID times, and driving is an impossibility. I liked the most of the missions in this game. There was two missions, one of which wasn't like, oh my god, this mission is so annoying to deal with. Like, the combat is so difficult. It was because I was stuck on a timer and had to escort a character. Yeah. And since I was having to drive from across town and get there on time, and then I had to go through a junkyard and not die and all kinds of other things, it was just annoying to deal with. The other one was largely because playing it on a keyboard, the controls were so phenomenally bad that it was impossible. I eventually just did it with a 360 controller, and that was a hell of a lot easier. Um, I'm the, the 360 controller one that I'm referring to is the infamous uh, RC helicopter mission. 
I, I want to save that just because I want to echo some stuff you said in there early, which is we all play the PC port of this game, which I cannot in good conscience recommend. Don't play the PC port if like, you have a choice, in my personal opinion, because for one thing, GTA 4, which I haven't actually played the uh, PC port, I'm pretty sure is on there. But more importantly, both Saints Row 2 and 4 at least are on there. And both of those games are better than this one. And honestly, if you want to play this game, I say buy a PS2 if you don't have one already. And They're buy like a 20 physical bucks. ass copy of it. That's also uh, like 20 bucks. So I think more to your point, Zach, though, the missions in this game, they don't feel unfinished. That's not fair. But they feel very unpolished to me. They feel like they're like, okay, this works. We're done. Let's move on to the next one. Things like your timer. I did one where I had to um, kill a, a pizza delivery man on a moped. And I kept ramming into him to knock him off his moped and trying to run him over. But he would just get back on the moped. So I ran into him, knocked him off the moped, got out of my car to shoot him. And he got back on the moped <laughs> and ran away. And I'm like, what is supposed to be fun about this mission? I like the idea of, hey, go stop this pizza delivery guy. That's a fun I did that mission, and I think the way I did it was I knocked him off the moped and just ran him over. Yep, I, that's I, I tried I to do that. He wouldn't die. <laughs> he refused. <laughs> His but pizza yeah, is too I strong. Actually, I didn't have that many problems with that particular mission. Well, I, I was just picking it as an example. Because I think most of them, there is something to be said for a lot of them have multiple solutions. And I do think that's good. But it seems to me like they were just like, okay, this works, let's move on. It almost feels like there's no intended solution to a lot of them. I think in some cases you might be right, but there was there were a couple of other ones. Like, I played one mission where you're riding in a helicopter and firing a machine gun out the window before you get dropped off and have to go actually pick up a specific object. So, like, that one was fun, and it came after a mission where you had to tail a guy back to his hideout, which was likewise actually pretty fun to do. The missions where well, it was that like... That does sound this fun because it's going to be driving. <laughs> it, besides the missions that were like, this is just terrible in the way, like like I said, the, the getting to a place in a specific amount of time and the RC helicopter, which was just the controls really for me. I found most of the missions okay. Most of the missions were actually fun to do. They had enough variety. Like there was one later on where I had to break a bunch of the windows in a shopping mall in five minutes. But like that was still fun because combat, as it were, wasn't really the focus because all the things were sitting still and are like literally the size of giant windows that mm -hmm. you need to break they definitely feel like they are trying to cut variety to this game the missions don't feel samey i kind of feel like if they cut half of them this game would be much better though like if they just took the ones that weren't so good and just cut them entirely i think that would vastly improve this game i think part of that is speaking from a modern perspective where game length is not a super crucial factor uh, let's talk about the RC helicopter mission, the mission that made me quit this game, because the keyboard controls, what the f*** were they even thinking? I didn't get this I, far, so I'm so curious. The RC, the RC helicopter, the way to sit, let me see if I can remember exactly how this is set up, because this is how fucking dumb this is. If I remember right, W and Q rotate you left and right. Is it W and Q rotate you left and right? No, because that makes too much sense. I think it was numpad 1 and numpad 3. Oh, okay, so it was numpad 1 and, one and 3 rotated you. Then the WASD keys were actually what, like, made you go side to side. Or, or A and D made you go side to side. And W made you go up. No, it was... Oh, yeah, it was W. So, and then you had to have another Does key. S go down, though? S goes down. Okay. But you have to have, I think it was two pressed, so you would go forward. Yeah, two was angle nose down. And then I want to say nine was angle nose up. Okay, so you angle down and then go forward um, to go yeah. forward yes like a helicopter yes. yes okay 
But like these controls, you need five hands and an N64 controller to make this work. Yeah, so like these controls, so that it can stick the three prongs of the N64 controller on the keyboard. These controls were so poorly thought up. Like when Jeremy said he rage quit after this mission, I did not blame him or say like, "Why did you do that?" I understand. I nearly did, and if my 360 controller hadn't like literally just been exactly how you expect this to work. Yeah, I was going to say, how does a console map this? Uh, I think it's just buttons. The console mapped it, I think, A was actually like accelerate, but if you push forward on the thumbstick, you tilt it forward. As opposed to going pulled, up. <laughs> and then if you pulled back, you went backwards. And I think X was like decelerate, so X was go down, A was go up. And then the, uh, the bumpers were rotate. So everything was right next to itself and where it was, so I wasn't trying to like remember which button combination caused me to go a direction. If I wanted to go forward, I pressed A and forward. If I wanted to go backwards, I pressed A and, and backwards. That sounds a lot more logical, yeah. Yes, and that's why I, I did the mission four times. I tried it three times with the god-awful PC controls, and one time with the console controller, the 360 controller, succeeded it on that fourth time, because it makes sense. I oh, assume you're trying also, to look them up. numpad 2 and E are to rotate clockwise and counterclockwise, which is how you turn. Numpad, <laughs> numpad two, 2 and E. I am I think seething it, and rage just remembering. I think you could use either or. Maybe. I was... Ugh. I, was I could not, not do the mission. Either way, it was not well designed. And I hadn't saved in an hour, so I was like, no. Like, I couldn't even figure out how to quit the mission. I was going back and saving every... And I was every... like, Alt F4, uninstall. I was saving after every mission, because this game has an ar- almost archaic save system in which you can only save at certain save points, which are actually most of your properties. And so you can at the hotel, right? Yes, I mean, that I is your first that. save point. Do you want to talk about property? Because that's like the last thing on the list that we... We've also got uh, some of the firearm stuff, but that basically is most of the guns you can... If it's in one hand, you can fire it while moving. If it's not you can't in one hit hand... anything, but you can fire it while moving. If it's not in one hand, it takes two. You have to stop to fire it. You can only do drive-bys with a submachine gun. I mean, that's just math. Well, in later games like uh, Saints Row, for instance, uh, pistols you can also do the drive-bys with. So properties, the game gives you a property later on for completing a certain set of missions. It's a big mansion in the center island. Um, But you can also buy other properties. Like there's an ice cream shop, a car dealership. And a strip club at the very least. Uh, pole position, you mentioned it. Yeah. You can actually buy that one. Yeah, I know. That's how I know there was property in this. Because it's like, you can't buy a strip club right now. Yeah, I just tried to go in. And it's yeah. like, you can't buy this. I'm like, I wasn't trying to, but thanks. In each one of those, I'm, I don't remember if the strip club does. But I definitely know that the car dealership and the ice cream shop have a set of mini games or like their own mission set attached to them. So, like, buying them also unlocks more gameplay as well as more save locations. And in the car dealership, it actually gives you more garage space. Like, it's got, like, three or four garages in the in the back of it so you can store cars for when you come back after saving. Like the Rim Tim Tim. Which, unfortunately... <laughs> That's a joke for Jeremy. Thank you. The game no one else. The game is designed in such a way that saving cars in that one doesn't work quite as well as, like, in Saints Row where it just adds it to your garage and you can permanently get it out. If you put a car in the garage and then get it out and lose it afterwards. It doesn't come back if you save it without the thing in the garage. And I'm honestly okay with either of those. I guess it incentivizes you to actually kind of be careful with cars you like. Well, in Saints Row, it makes it like it... It's more arcadey. It's more arcadey as well as the fact that you can customize your cars so you can make them more personal so you can get out your car, basically. And when you get the big mansion one right away, like I said, for doing the mission, 
you get one of like the uh, Lamborghini looking and furnaces out front every time. It's just part of the spawn location. So like that's one of those fun little asides as well as the uh, if you feel like you just want to go out and drive around a lot, you can basically play Taxi Driver. Yeah, there are a bunch of mini games that involve just driving vehicles, right? Yeah, it's, uh, the, I believe it is. It might it might have involved fire trucks too, but I know at the very least, uh, ambulances, police cars, and cabs. You can like do your own missions with, where you basically just participate in doing that for a little while. Which is nice if you need some cash to like go buy a better gun for a mission or something. Well, and it's a sandbox, so if you really want to just kill time, you can just run around gunning people down. That was actually my biggest problem with this, is that the sandbox felt kind of empty. There's, like, not a I lot think it's in the, the time city. Fr- I think it's the time frame. Yeah, some of that is comparing it to modern stuff. It's such a baseline for things. Although, it does make you do a bunch of missions before it, like, unlocks any goodies. It did not incentivize me at all to just, like, go around, I felt. It unlocked the other island faster than I was expecting. Because I remember some of the, like, newer games. It took for ever to unlock the other islands like multiple like 10 hours of gameplay to to unlock another island whereas this one it was like i did like four missions and it was like hey all right you can go to the other islands now and it didn't even like make a big deal over it it was just yeah here's this mission go over there what i remember being fun about these games when i was younger was like just going on a rampage i think part of that was i was playing on other single save files so I had access to more money and guns, so there was because everybody because the other people had already done all the hard work or cheated. I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure there are cheat codes. In I this know game, there's right? a cheat code. I just don't remember what it was. But the gunplay is so weak in this. I didn't find that compelling at all. Like I said, the only part of this game I really enjoyed was driving around. Honestly, I actually had a lot of fun playing this game, but there was always that niggling little voice in the back of my head while I was playing that was just saying, "Why not play Saints Row 2? You own that." You have that game. Because why not just play that one instead? It's better. You know it is. A lot of these little issues you have with this game, that one fixed. And this, like, nothing about this game, like I said, was really fun to me. It's not offensive. I mean, like I said, I almost wish it was offensive because then it would stand out more to me. I think the writing is bad. I find the characters very difficult to get into. I think the gameplay was very fun. I'm kind of transitioning into Final Thoughts because I don't know what else to say about this game. I don't hate it. I can understand why you would want to go back to this sort of game. Um, GTA 3 is one of the most important games ever made, and this is its direct sequel, which is probably better than it. Not sure I've ever actually played GTA 3. It is bigger, and as I said off the mics, this is also the first one, I believe, where you can drive boats and helicopters. I know that GTA 3 included the Dodo plane, but there's a funny story about that. So initially, you're supposed to be able to fly a plane in that one, but... Then it released in 2001. Oh, yeah, I can so, see why that's from. Yep. And everyone knows we outlawed planes that year. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they had to scrub out. I th- I think they scrubbed out the twin towers because I think it, they were in the game originally. They remade Spider Man in the game, and then uh, what's it called? They clipped the wings off of the dodo, so like you can still drive the plane around in the game, but it doesn't really fly. Is it just like? A plane that's it's on got the like ground. stubby wind, stubby wings. I kind of love that though. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's that is the, the dodo. That is the story I've heard, and it wouldn't be until San Andreas until you could fly actual like jumbo jets. Anything else we want to say on this game? I think I'm a bit warmer on it than you are, but it was still like I didn't have a lot of expectations for it, and it still didn't meet any of my expectations. It's got a particularly good, uh, big part of like gaming history because like it built on what GTA Three had originally started. But it's not, like, there are better games. 
And I think because of that, it ends up becoming a footnote because it's not GTA 3. And while it is a better game, it's not like Saints Row or Assassin's Creed or something that like took that and built on it either. I think the reason why Saints Row works so much better on the satire and humor front is the fact that they play the whole thing, whole hog in the humor side of things. Well, and it's supposed to be absurd the entire time, right? It's also better written. That helps it a lot. They take it to 11 when it comes to the absurdity. So speaking of absurdity, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, ranking all the games we've played from best to worst. At the very top is Chrono Trigger. I was going to make an open world joke. I got nothing. At the very bottom is City Connection, a game with far worse driving than this game. (laughs) Dead in the center, we have Tech Mobile. I think this goes above Tech Mobile. (laughs) I I think so, too. I did want to start by drawing the comparison to Postal 2, which we have very low on our list. Like I said, I found them way more comparable than I was expecting or wanted to, although this game is definitely better. I don't know if it's actually more mature, but it's more measured, at least. Bigger, more seamless world and better gameplay in general, as well as being a lot less overtly I'm going to be in your face offensive levels. I think Um, it's more mature for that reason, actually. (laughs) And I meant to say this, I did say this in the um, beginning, but I didn't reiterate it in Final Thoughts. I do really think their dedication to the setting helps this game a lot. Because it is very much trying to be more of the Godfather-style gangster story. It's not. That's it's just, completely failing, but it does have aspirations. That was the first one that came to mind. I'd probably It's probably more appropriate it's to say Scarface. Scarface. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely but, Scarface. But Godfather same energy. Just, Godfather was just the first one that popped in Zach, to be fair, I don't think the people who made this game really did once either. <laughs> A little bit either. above Tech Mobile is the other godforsaken awful PC port we've played, which is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. And PC port or not, I think this is a better game. I, agree, I would yes. agree. It's weird to compare this to two Star Wars games, but we were looking at games that came out this year, and I don't know that we have anything super comparable. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy came out the same year, but I think I had a lot more fun with that game. It feels better polished and has a combat system that works. We actually played that one for the podcast. I honestly I don't remember playing it either. I honestly don't remember playing it for the podcast. <laughs> I remember playing it. I quite like that game. Um, I think Vice City is actually a better game, personally. Really? Yes. I, I would like you to try to convince me, because I don't agree, but I don't have a strong so base Vice, for this. Vice City has, number one, it's got the open world, so there's a lot more stuff you can do, whereas Jedi is Academy... Is there? Yes. Is there? Yeah, like, it doesn't really feel like there are activities in the world to me, either. Other than, like I said, driving around, driving around a taxi, <laughs> um, or going and shooting people. I definitely wants to have that, and I think, like, on a fantasy level, how you sell this game is with that, but I think when you're trying to objectively look at the game, it's not super true. Yeah, and that was really my problem with it, is there wasn't a lot of sand in the box, so... The senator from is, is, Zach is, has the floor. Is, is there any other sand in the box that I just didn't find? The thing is, like, I quite enjoy, like, the differing modes, especially when you are looking at, like, okay, you have to drive to location and shoot all the guys. Whereas Jedi Academy, after two or three missions, I usually got really bored because they were basically all the same thing of, okay, now go here and kill everything. I mean, granted, GTA has got a kind of a similar vibe, but at the same time, like, it felt more like I was actually doing something because, number one, I had to explore this larger map. So I had to go to different locations, and because I got a little bit farther, I got to do, like I said, the mission where I had to tail the guy. 
and then the mission where I got to fly around on the helicopter. Those are fun activities to do, as well as being like, okay, I need to tail this guy, so I'm going to hop on this little scooter and follow him with that, because I don't have a car next to me. So, like, those little things really help the game out, I think, as opposed to Jedi Academy, where it's like, okay, I took this mission. This mission is to go to this location and kill everything that isn't me. I mean, but that's how GTA feels to me. It's You're right about it having more variety. You absolutely are. But it's more fun to go kill things in Jedi Academy than it is to do X in GTA 3, almost no matter what X is. I'm actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure I agree because I never remember playing this game because this is also the one where you die in one hit from any lightsaber strike, right? I don't think so. Yeah, it is. Is That's, it? That, that was, a, that was a rhetorical that. question, it is. Um, <laughs> I don't remember Jedi Academy doing that, but at the same time, it has also been a while. You cut, yeah, you just cut people in half and then they just die. Um, and you also get cut in half and then you just die. So that happens a lot. Assuming this is the one I'm thinking of, I don't know. I've played you're a Kyle lot. You're of... Kyle Katarn, I want to say. Yeah, you're definitely a Kyle Katarn. Oh no, that, this isn't Jedi Academy. Is it not? I I, I might be thinking of a different game. It's possible. I want to say. All, all that said, I think you're Kyle Katarn. I'm not sure. You start out and Luke Skywalker's like, "Go through my tutorial. It's <laughs> sweet." <laughs> if you're if Jedi Academy, you're not playing Kyle Katarn. Are you not? Oh, no, I'm you're not. Of Dark Forces. Aren't yeah, Dark. Yeah, that, yeah no, that's not the game I was thinking of when I was comparing it to. But it was the main character. Kyle, Kyle Katarn is in Jedi Academy. He's that's your true. character. Yeah, he's master. your he's your he's your uh, master, and he's like, uh, that guy is totally a dick. He's also my Padawan. Don't worry, he won't betray us. It couldn't possibly happen. I was thinking and, of the right, and game. then he didn't. Well, I guess I remain unconvinced either way. So <laughs> I think um. I think the other thing that really helps Vice City as opposed to Star Wars is that Jedi Academy is just doing the Star Wars story, whereas Vice City is trying, like, it actually is trying to tell a gangster story. I think that's a point against it. I don't, because (laughs) Jedi Academy is telling the Star Wars story, period. Like, they're not doing anything new with it. It's just, here's another Star Wars story that's the same Star Wars story we've seen a hundred different times. I don't think GTA 3 is doing anything new with this story either. I mean, it is just trying to be Scarface. But not as Scarface-y. You know, as much as I like the Star Wars flavor, though, I am really into 80s music. So <laughs> I mean, look, it's got a good soundtrack. I wish they had hired somebody who knew how to put music in a video game, but it does have a good soundtrack. I can't lie about that. Vice City has a better soundtrack than Jedi Academy, because Jedi Academy doesn't include any of the traditional Star Wars music. There's no Imperial March in there. If it had John Williams in there, then I was no, gonna yes, say it got, no, it doesn't. It got Jean... Wilbert. I don't know. I was trying to come up with another name. I'm tired. No, it had Juan Williams. <laughs> that was way better than the nothing I had. Um, and it was still nothing, so... Well, I feel like Zach feels more passionately about this. <laughs> okay. so I'm with GTA. I love Jedi Academy. I really like that game. I just think Vice City is a better game. So screw it. I picked a theme. Let's go with it. How does it compare to the Knights of the Old Republic? It's worse than Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> okay, it is unanimous. <laughs> I like Vice City more than you guys. It's not as good as Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, this is... Is this comparison I want to draw? I is it another Star Wars thing? No, it's Do we not. have another Star there, Wars game on there? We do have other I know Star we have Wars Dark games Forces, on the list, but just... we don't. We also have all the Super Star Wars. Oh, yeah. But they're not in this area. Yeah, they, they tend to be pretty low because they were not very well implemented. Yeah, this is a weird area of the list. Like, nothing is super comparable, although very few games on the list are comparable in general. Just in this area, there's nothing. Like... How do we compare it to Mario Tennis? Let's not. Um, unless we have to. I, I think the closest comparison to make is Doom 2, another game that's a sequel to a completely super revolutionary game that I think is pretty skippable. 
I honestly think Vice City is better than Doom 2. I mean, Doom 2 wasn't as good as Doom 1, so... In part because one of the main problems I had with Doom 2, on top of having played it way too close to Doom 1, was the fact that I think the level design in Doom 2 was a little bit too much of a mess. Like, they got too clever with their level design. It was way weaker, yeah. Every game in this area of the list is going to have this problem for me, but I just think the core gameplay of Doom 2 is more fun. Like, it's more fun to shoot things in Doom than it is to do whatever you're doing in GTA 3. I mean, maybe, but then you get lost in their overly elaborate level design and can't find the exit. But then you die in GTA 3 and you have to do that goddamn helicopter mission again. (laughs) And you don't have any of your guns this time. Okay, you didn't need any of your guns for the (laughs) helicopter mission. Uh, Tyler, again, you have to you have to choose who your best friend is. Yeah, and I am completely apathetic on this one. Um, but I'd actually probably have to give it to Doom on the basis that I do think that playing Doom is more fun than playing GTA 3. Playing Doom, yes. Playing Doom 2 and wandering around their overly elaborate labyrinthine levels trying to find anything to shoot at. Yeah, but when I'm shooting, the shooting's way more fun. <laughs> the midway point between Doom 2 and Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy is Vigilante 8. Which is huh. probably the weakest game in this area of the list. I had a lot more fun with Vigilante 8, but I'm not I, sure how much of that was just I was dicking around like with it's it. It's also weirdly better at it. Like, it's doing a 70s thing, right? And it does way less work at it, and yet it somehow gets a better... It gets away with it more, if you know what I mean. I think I have to give it to Vigilante 8, personally, because of the fact that it does that theming a little bit better. Since it's more focused, it can do a lot more with what it has, as well as the fact that Everything's better when you're playing it with your friends. It's also like, they're weirdly both kind of arcadey games. Like the UI, actually this is something that I don't think I mentioned. The UI in GT, or in Vice City is like, like it wants to look arcadey, but it doesn't fit the feel of the game at all. But it is easy to use. It is easy to use. Yeah, no, it's not Temtem. Feel free to call for a mulligan on this, but the new midpoint is Tetris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If we put Vigilante 8 above it. That's because that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, too. I think we're in agreement. Do so you have any thoughts on Tetris? Oh, no, it's the new comparison yeah, point yeah. is Yeah, like I said, feel okay. free to ask me for a new one, and I will give it to you. Can we get a new one? Yeah. Hmm. See, there's a reason I picked Tetris, which I feel like all the other games are going to have strong opinions. How do we think it compares to the mother of fighting game Street Fighter 2? Interesting. All right. I would rather play uh, GTA Vice City than Street Fighter 2, because... I, generally speaking, hate 2D fighting games. Street Fighter 2 is, like, way better implemented. Yes. Fighting games in general do not have much of an impact on, like, the gaming Uh, landscape. Other games, that's definitely true. In a way that GTA does. I would argue that if Vice City had never came out, 3 would have still had the same impact on gaming as a whole. I I don't know. Because 3, if I remember right, it did well. But I think you don't really start seeing that explosion until Vice City, which sold like hotcakes, and San Andreas sold even better. I don't actually not, think you see that explosion until the next console. I'm not even in, when people well, that'd like, be right figure out. That's right after San Andreas, and I'm not sure you get San Andreas if Vice City doesn't show doesn't put I mean, out a good showing. You're probably right, but I think once GTA Three does it thing, other people say we want a piece of that pie. Maybe you're right, but I think we still get the open world explosion we got i mean i don't Morrowind also came out I'm this not year sure. yeah, it's true which is like it's a very different type of open it's a it's very different RPG, type of open world right it's it's it does have an open world but it's a lot more guided i don't know i feel like gta is pretty guided but i mean i definitely think street fighter 2 is the better game a- at some level it's just the game i went to play more 
Um, your it Vice City probably did have more influence because, like Tyler said, fighting games have very little influence on gaming as a whole. They do have some, like Devil May Cry is definitely influenced by fighting games, right? And you can pick out some other examples as well. We almost don't get the fighting game genre without Street Fighter 2. Yeah, but the fighting game genre, I feel, doesn't impact the rest of gaming okay. much. I don't know, because uh, we had Mortal Kombat at about the same time. Like, about a year later? Not quite a full year. Probably like six months. I'd have to double check. I don't remember the release years. I'll believe you, though, for the time being. Because you're more plugged into that than I am. I think I'm probably going to have to give it to Street Fighter 2, just because I think it's better implemented all around. Is that why they had to release 700 different versions of it? No, it's because it started printing money for them. <laughs> because Capcom decided to kill Mega Man for some reason. I mean, because no one was buying it. Yeah. We, the consumers, killed Mega Man. We were the monsters all along. <laughs> we were the Monster Man all along. Okay, how does it compare to Kirby Superstar? The best Kirby game. Uh, I think favorably, actually. I say that as a person who really likes Kirby Superstar, but like, man, that game didn't do a whole lot that Kirby hadn't already done before. I like I, almost everything about Kirby Superstar better, but I I, I don't think it's as good a game. Go for Vice City. I'd per, I'd prefer to play Vice City. So you have done this to yourselves. The final question is: it Tetris Is again? GTA Three better or worse than Tetris? No, <laughs> <laughs> GTA Three Vice City. I'm sorry. I love Tetris, but I, while it is a classic. Vice City is a game I can play for hours. Tetris is a game I generally can only play for one or two rounds before I put it down. If we're going by that metric and I don't know how to compare games to Tetris, then I have to give it to Tetris because I can play Tetris a lot longer than I can stomach GTA 3, it turns out. (laughs) I think Tetris is too simple, honestly, to hold a spot above GTA or above Vice City. So I think it is Vice City. So Vice City goes at number 73 above Tetris and below Street Fighter 2. Bold choice. <laughs> Bold choice, Cotton. Hey, Jeremy, what are we going to play next week? Uh, well, since we're in the twilight years of the podcast, we've been playing a bunch of big, important games we've been putting off for a long time. But I don't want to do that next week. <laughs> Instead, I want to play a game that's not good, but that was very important to me when I was 14 years old. Oh, uh, wait. Um, mm, uh, we already did Halo. Yeah, I was going to say Chrono Trigger um, also already did that. Okay, what is it? Sonic Adventure 2. Did not see that one coming. Is that the one where like that begins with like the city escape thing? It is. Okay, it's, that's the one I remember. It starts with its best level. So next time on last time, I am the Eggman. That's what I am. I am the Eggman. I have the master plan. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs>